0: Welcome, and thanks for stopping by. You're listening to Take the Reins, a weekly personal growth podcast for horse owners. If you're invested in becoming the best version of yourself in all your relationships, both human and equine, this is the spot for you. Through our conversations, you will learn how to become a stronger communicator, leader, and deepen the connection you crave both in and out of the arena. Horses have an awful lot to teach us, yet very little of it actually has to do with horses. They reflect back to you who you are emotionally, physically, and energetically. They are a mirror to your soul, and it is time to take an honest look at who you are and who you want to become. I can't wait to connect with you, so here we go. Hello friends, welcome back to another episode of the Take the Reins podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to discuss the five-step process developed by Dr. Caroline Leaf in her book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, Five Simple Scientifically Proven Steps to Reduce Anxiety, Stress, and Toxic Thinking, and connecting it to how it can help you in your life, in and out of the tech. To finish off this episode, I will be sharing some news about the direction of the Take the Reigns podcast and what 2022 has in store for both myself as a host and you as a listener. Before we get into that, let's dive a little deeper into how you can clean up your mental mess in order to find your stride. The five-step mind management process that Dr. Caroline Leaf teaches in her book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess... Teaches you to foster and cultivate the power of your own thinking and direct your own brain changes. Her mind management technique, when done correctly, helps facilitate talk between the conscious, subconscious, and non conscious mind. Now, if you are looking for details on what the difference is between the conscious, subconscious, and non conscious mind, I suggest you pick up this book because she goes into great detail on so many things. That truly do help you understand her five-step process even better. But this is a great overview for anyone who's curious about it or someone who is looking to begin to understand ways in which they can start to control their thinking and get a leg up on their own mental state in order to then be able to help their horse's mental state. The five-step process gets your brain waves flowing in a healthy way, optimizing brain function. As horse owners, it's imperative that we are personally aware to work with our horses with feel and understanding. Mind management teaches you how to really listen and tune into how you think, feel, and choose, but also how others think, feel, and choose, customizing how you react to people and horses and events. When we set a goal to really commit to helping our horses trust and relax with us, we discover that our dedicated, consistent focus on the task is absolutely vital. Working on ourselves is the same. As Leaf reminds us in chapter eight, that when we commit to changing our internal world, that it needs to be done each moment of every day because each moment sets us up for the next with significant Mental and physical repercussions. Mind management allows us to capture and control our thoughts and reconceptualize our thinking. The best way to get the most out of your mind is, is to use Leif's five step process called the neurocycle daily. In her clinical practice and clinical trials, The subjects that rigorously and consistently applied her five steps over a 63-day period benefited the most in terms of reducing their anxiety, depression, learning issues, and so on, which helped them feel like they were more equipped to face challenges and deal with their issues. The foundational principles of the mind management tool, the Neurocycle, are embracing, processing and reconceptualizing. And the five steps that Dr. Caroline Leaf speak about are what she refers to as your surgical instruments for doing so for, so for step one, you have gather. It involves embracing a toxic thought, a habit or trauma. So essentially cutting open with the scalpel step two and three is reflect and write, and they are the processing steps. So performing the surgery steps four and five are recheck and active reach and are the reconceptualizing steps. So closing up and healing. Okay, so let's dive a little bit deeper here into the neurocycle. So I'm going to take this time to read to you the remainder of this chapter so you get a full understanding of what the neurocycle is and how you can apply it to help your own thinking and mind management. So I'm going to start reading just partway down about just less than a quarter of the way down on page 175 of the soft cover of Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess by Dr. Caroline Leaf. Going deeper into the five steps of the neurocycle. The neurocycle is a scientific five step process that helps you use your mind and brain in a way that directs the neuroplasticity of your brain to your benefit, and in doing so, improves your mind, brain, And body health. These five steps drive neuroplasticity in the brain. They're the steps the mind goes through as it builds thoughts and detoxes thoughts, which change the structure of the brain. So they're the science of thought put into a very simplified process. Each of these steps is based on neuroscientific research on how we build thoughts and memories, which are real things, into the brain. Going through the steps sequentially is a process I call neurocycling. When should you use this? All the time, because you're always using your mind. You don't even go three seconds without thinking. The neurocycle helps you master this mind in action and become the boss of your brain. It is a way to harness Your thinking power. The easiest way to understand the five steps is to look back at the thought tree in chapter seven alongside the image below. Okay, pause here. Nikki's back. I do recommend you picking up this book. She does have some great charts, some great visuals, and it's nice to be able to have the book in your hand. Now, I am a audiobook lover all of the way. I buy most of my books in audio and actually I believe I bought this one audio first and then I went and picked up a hard copy because this is one of those books that I want to have on hand to be able to go back to or reference or just be able to look and flip to a certain section and remind myself of something. All right, getting back into the reading, starting about three quarters of the way down on page 175. Look at it from the branches to the tree trunk to the roots. Step one is gathering awareness of the branches and leaves, which are your behaviors and their attached emotions. Step two is focusing on the whole tree and to try to make sense of it, the branches, trunk, and roots, or the detail of your behaviors and emotions, what perspective they bring, and where they come from. Now, Coming back to me for a second away from the book. If you have been kind of following this podcast for a while, and especially if you listened to the Beth Killo episode, I believe it was in season two, but it actually may have been at the very end of season one, Beth and I discuss a term called scope. And scope is really where you're able to zoom out to be able to look at the full tree. All right. Let's go back in talking about the neurocycle. back to the bottom of page 175. Step three is writing, which is a revealing process of bringing the memories of the thoughts out into the open and into your conscious mind. Step four is a pruning and grafting process based on the discoveries you make in steps one and two. Step five is a stabilizing and consolidating process where you allow the new plant to settle a little before you do more work on it and where you wait for the cracks to dry before adding more gold lacquer. Now she talks in detail about something specifically with dealing with this gold lacquer. So again, if you would like more in that area and understand what that's all about then pick up the book and read it and or listen to it and you'll understand that's not the point you're gonna get it don't worry now back to the book now let's look at these five steps in a little more detail the first step is to gather this means choosing to pay attention to your behaviors what you say and do and increasing your conscious awareness This awareness becomes a directing force that instructs the brain how to respond on a chemical, energy, and genetic level. You're literally pulling the thought tree into the conscious mind to deal with it by gathering awareness of it. You can change something only when you're conscious of it. That's why the non-conscious tries to catch your attention by sending you emotional and physical warning signals through the subconscious mind. Never ignore these prompts. No matter how much they may upset you or someone else, they're rich with information. With the gather step, you embrace the physical, emotional, and informational memories intertwined within your thoughts. You start pulling up the branches, leaves, tree trunk, and roots. This step forces you to really tune in to the prompts from your non-conscious mind. The goal is to choose to pay attention and focus on your behaviors in terms of the signals coming from your non-conscious mind. Questions to ask at this step could be 1. What are you experiencing through your five senses? Gather awareness of these physical warning signals emerging from your body. 2. What is the information in the thoughts bubbling up from your non conscious mind into your conscious mind right at this moment? Gather awareness of this information, noting how many thoughts there are and what they are. Three, what feelings are attached to the information the thought contains? Every thought has emotions as a part of its structure. They're stored in the non-conscious mind. When thoughts move into the conscious mind, we feel the emotions of them. Just gather awareness of the feelings attached to each thought. The second step of the nerve cycle is to reflect. This is where you ask, answer, and discuss what you have gathered awareness of in step one through the W questions. The purpose of this step is to understand your behaviors and communication and how they're related to what you're thinking, feeling, choosing, and experiencing to find the origin or the root cause of what you're experiencing. The aim of this step is to shift your focus from the behaviors to the thought that triggers these behaviors, then to the perspective, then to the root cause. This challenges the brain to move into a higher gear, which is what it's designed for, deep intellectual thinking. This reflective step makes a thought susceptible to change by activating the theta, delta, and gamma waves in waves of energy and weakening its connections in your mind. As your insight into what's going on grows, you can direct the energy flow in the brain that tells the brain and the body which chemicals should be released, which genes should be activated and deactivated, where chemicals should flow to, and ultimately, what neuroplastic structural and chemical and energy changes should occur in the brain. Another way to do the reflect step is to use the 5Y technique created by Sakechi Toyota, the Japanese industrialist, inventor, and founder of Toyota Industries. The method is simple. You just ask yourself, why? Five times in a way of drilling down to the root issue. However, if you feel the need to use all of the W questions more than five times, you can. Whatever works for you. Additionally, In this step, you question the thought or emotion by asking yourself Is this based on a fact or assumption? Is what I am thinking true or false? Too often, we cause ourselves more mental distress than necessary because we don't stop to question our thoughts. This questioning really loosens up thoughts in the brain, making it easier to reconceptualize. Some more questions to guide you at this step include 1. What am I experiencing physically as a reflect on the thought? Try to describe this in as much detail as possible. 2. What is the information on the thought? Try to describe in as much detail as possible by answering the W questions. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. Three, what feelings are attached to the information in this thought? Try to describe in as much detail and as specifically as possible. Step three is to write. The brain makes or writes proteins when genes are switched on by your thinking, feeling, and choosing. When you write down what you've been thinking about in step two, it consolidates memory and adds clarity to what you're thinking about, allowing you to better see the area that needs to be detoxed or the thought that needs to be built. It essentially allows you to visualize your thoughts, bringing suppressed thoughts out of the non-conscious to be reconceptualized. Writing brings order out of chaos by putting your brain on the paper. If we don't get our suppressed thoughts out, they stay rooted in our mind, causing mental and physical damage. Toxic thoughts have incorrectly folded proteins and an imbalanced electromagnetic and chemical flow with less oxygen and blood flow. They're unhealthy and can lead to inflammation in the brain, which can cause all sorts of issues. Research shows that writing can even improve immune system function. We saw this in our clinical trials with the experimental group, who were using all five steps. When they went through step three, they experienced a statistically significant drop in their cortisol and homocysteine levels, which predict immune system health. When you write, you stimulate a flow of neurotransmitters in your brain that help clear your thinking. You activate an area in your brain called the basal ganglia, which allows for cognitive fluency. This improves the smoothness and insightfulness of your reasoning, and you can start seeing and understanding things you didn't before. Writing can be done on paper, on your phone, or even as recorded voice memos. Writing can also be done using a process I developed called metacog, which is an incredibly effective way of getting into the non-conscious mind and finding the root issues. Now she goes into the fact that you can see Appendix B for how to make a metacog. I'm not going to dive into that right now. Let's get back into step four. So step four is to recheck what you've written. This is an editing process, pruning and grafting the tree to check for accuracy and to find patterns in your thinking, kind of like a mental autopsy. You shift from the why, what, to more of the how and when questions. This process allows you to reconceptualize the toxic thought and turn it into a new healthy thought habit. In this step, you'll evaluate what you've written in step three, and think about the new healthy thought you want to build. You will also be able to rethink your reaction to the information, evaluating how the toxic thought you're working on is changing, and then reconceptualizing it little by little, day by day. Some questions to guide you as you do this step include 1. What am I experiencing physically? Is there a pattern? How is this linked to the information and feelings of the thought? Two, what are the patterns of the information in my thoughts? How can I reconceptualize this information? Three, what feelings are attached to the information in the thought? What patterns do I see? How can I reconceptualize these feelings? Step five is what I call active reach. This is where you practice, apply, and teach what you've been working on. An active reach is the action you do during the day to practice the reconceptualized thought, and it comes from the recheck step. You decide what the action is each day as you work through step through the five steps. It's meant to be simple, quick, efficient, and easy to apply. It could be a breathing exercise or a simple statement you say to remind yourself, what you learned from the first four steps during that particular day it can be as simple as practice not saying if only today you can do the same active reach as the previous day or a brand new active reach that's completely up to you the active reach step is essential change requires action not just information application is essential to growth it's practice and practice makes perfect some questions to guide you as you do this step include one what is my physical trigger two what is my reconceptualized information three what are my reconceptualized feelings now create an active reach with your answers for example when I experience the physical trigger of blank, I will tell myself blank and choose to feel blank. Okay, so that's a breakdown on the five-step neurocycle. I hope that you can see how really using this this five-step process will allow you to be able to reconceptualize ways that you are thinking about working with your horse or thinking about your horse and it's affecting the way that you're working with your horse or thinking about yourself in the process of working with your horse. I believe that this really is the key or one of the significant keys to using your commitment to your own personal growth to benefit your work with your horses and to improve your relationship with your horses. Okay, so let's talk about relationships just for a quick second. Before we move forward, I'm going to leave you with just kind of thinking on what I just read from the book about the five steps so you can really understand what those five steps are and dive a little deeper into them if you do wish. But before I leave you entirely from the Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess book, I want to talk about one other thing. So I'm actually bringing you backwards about 10 pages. So if you have read this, you might be like, "Oh, why is Nikki going backwards? There's a reason. I wanted to make sure I finished up this conversation discussing this particular part because i think it's a very important thing to consider being part of an industry that has a tendency to be called something like toxic toxic in the way that people treat others toxic in the way that they treat animals toxic in the way that they believe certain teaching styles should be done whether that be for people or the animals themselves. So with this in mind, I'm going to read something very brief to you, starting on page 158. Whatever you think about the most grows. Whatever has the most energy in the non-conscious mind reflects what we've spent the most time thinking about. Whatever we think about the most grows because we're giving it energy. Just like a plant needs water to grow, a thought needs energy to grow. Thoughts are real things, and like all real things, they generate energy. Little packets of energy called photons, which are the fundamental particles of light. Albert Einstein discovered this law. Photoelectric effect and won the 1921 Nobel Prize in Physics for his work. Though all of us have experienced photons in many ways, perhaps you've never thought of them in relation to your thoughts. So let me give you an example. You're watching someone bullying people, and suddenly you find yourself almost taking a step back and you feel disturbed. It's almost as though the person is throwing something at you. What you're experiencing is the toxic energy from that person's thoughts, and it's real. Mental energy sucks others in. Think of hanging out with someone who's constantly depressed or negative and how you feel around them. Fear breeds fear. The fearful mind generates fearful probabilities. The depressed mind generates depressing probabilities. But the same can be said for the positive. The excited mind generates exciting possibilities. The joyful mind generates joyful possibilities. And the list goes on. We are what we think. And what we think about most will grow. That's why we need to be discerning about who we connect with and who we listen to. We can quite literally enhance or damage each other. When we inadvertently allow others to fill our mind with their thinking... We're at their mercy. The energy from people's thoughts is real, and we need to protect ourselves from it if it's negative or grab it with both hands if it's positive. Thoughts and ideas from other people, including what we hear, read, and watch, have the potential to exert a controlling influence over our thinking, feeling, and choosing if we let them. However, it's interesting to note that, that memories formed from shared experiences will diminish within 24 to 48 hours because the proteins they're made of denature. This essentially means that they become heat energy. That's great for negative experiences, but to maintain and sustain a positive encounter, we need to focus on it for longer periods of time to maintain the benefit. By the same token, What we're doing in our minds, our words, our attitudes, and our beliefs affects the people around us. Have you ever had anyone tell you there's a black cloud hanging over you and it's affecting them or that you're creating a toxic work environment by letting your stress affect everyone in the office? There's real energy being emitted from your thoughts and affecting others. Now, I would like you to take this into consideration by assessing how you feel when you're around the other equestrians in your life. If you're at a boarding burn and you feel like there are certain people that you just you feel negative around or you you begin to join in their negativity when you're around. I think we can all relate to this, but I think it's very important that we look at the science behind this and see there is an actual reason why we should be looking to hang out with And be having conversations with and be encouraging the rest of the people around us to be having conversations with the people that are trying to bring us up. The people are bringing us positivity into the equestrian world and are looking to help others grow and are looking to learn rather than to judge. Okay, so we're going to just switch gears here for a moment before I finish off this episode. Throughout my whole podcasting journey, and from the beginning of Take the Reins, all the way into starting Canada Horse Podcast with Nadine, and diving deeper into the areas of coaching, and working further with Beth Killo, I have tried to be as transparent as possible and I feel like I have been successful with that on this podcast specifically. So now is a moment of transparency for you. I have been at a bit of a crossroads for the last little bit about the direction that I want to go with take the reins. I am very I I want to promise you I am Far from done with Take the Reins, that is for sure. I am so passionate about it and I love you as an audience and I love bringing you tools to help you grow as a person that will also aid how you interact and communicate and grow with your horse. With that being said, it's been... I'm on year three and it's not that I'm feeling less passionate about Take the Reins, but I think it has a lot to do with the pandemic and not having the opportunities to personally go out and seek the information that inspire the things that I want to talk about on this podcast And I feel like I got into a little bit of a rut where I was just going through a little bit of, I guess, Groundhog Day, going to work, riding the horses, doing the chores, putting Blake to bed, doing all the things, and then coming up to Monday and saying, oh goodness, like what has happened to inspire my podcast episode coming out this week and realizing that it's been a challenge a real challenge to continue to be inspired when I'm living in this little bit of a of a Groundhog Day feeling. So I am really excited about the possibilities happening in 2022. And in literally four weeks from today, I will be in Vegas at a symposium put on by Andrea Fapani, Sean Flaherda, and Nick Dowers called Along for the Ride Symposium. I am so pumped to be going to this event because it's all about learning about how to connect with the horse's mind and truly bring our horsemanship to the next level. I feel like this event is what I need to just re-spark this inspiration to be able to continue on the path of teaching that I embarked on when I left teaching four years ago, and what actually prompted me to start the podcast in the first place. Right after I get home from Vegas, six days after I return, I am hitting the road with my family and my horse, and we are going to Florida For the month of March. Over this month, I'm going to have an opportunity to show, but the thing I'm most excited about is having an opportunity to get lessons from a reigning trainer in Florida that's close by where we're staying and advancing my horsemanship even further. So, very exciting that I'm going to be going from Vegas to Florida. Back home, when we return back home in the beginning of April, I then have less than a month before I am in a Franco Bertolani clinic here in Nova Scotia. Now... If you have been with me on Take the Reins for as long as I've been here on Take the Reins, then you probably recognize that name because I interviewed Franco in season one and he was fantastic. I so enjoyed it was an honor speaking to him. And now I have an opportunity to meet him in, per- in person and actually ride with him. So heading into 2022, I feel like I'm about to have the doors burst open for inspiration. But until I have the opportunity to really go and gather this information and inspiration, I don't want you to feel as listeners like I am trying to force anything on my end when I'm really feeling like I'm just struggling a little to be able to share with you And still have my energy up and be really excited about it. Now, this being said, I do really love what I'm sharing with you about mind management. So there may be times over the next couple months that I get truly inspired because I've read something or listened to something and I pop in. But over the next few months, I am going to be releasing these podcast episodes less frequently or less consistently. When I started Take the Reins, I was committed to show up for you during each planned season every Tuesday. And I am proud of myself that I've been able to do so as much as I've been humanly possible or as much as it's been humanly possible to do so for me with my schedule. I feel like really I only missed, completely missed, One Tuesday out of all of that time. And I'm really proud of myself for that. And I also want to make sure that you understand that I so appreciate you showing up for this podcast and for me and for yourself and for your horse. And I promise you, I am also still going to be showing up for you and myself and my horse and the equestrian industry, but I am going to just be a little less consistent for the next few months. Now, once I come back from these amazing adventures I'm about to embark on, then I will check back in with you and I'm going to keep you posted and updated along the way. And if you are curious about my adventures, then a really great way to follow along would be to make sure you have me on Instagram at Nikki Porter Coaching and even maybe TikTok at Nikki Porter Coaching or at Informed Equestrian. And so I'm going to be kind of keeping you up to date, but Again, just not consistently. And then when I come back, my plan is to come back and really bring to you as much of the information that I learn as possible. I'll be taking notes, I will be asking lots of questions, and I can't wait to bring all of this information back to you when I know that I'm ready to teach it. So, I'm not I I definitely don't feel like I have met my capacity of teaching and that I've taught everything that I would like to teach on this podcast. However, it this decision really is being driven by this weekly inspiration or lack of inspiration that I feel like I'm almost pulling teeth from myself to say, What am I going to be teaching today? When I know that my passion for all of these subjects is so huge, it's just this little light that needs to be relit in me. And I'm very excited that I know it's going to be relit very soon. Um, So I hope that you understand and reach out to me if you have any questions or concerns whatsoever. I do suggest that, you know, going back and re-listening to your favorite episodes is always something that I hear from listeners as a good time because they pick up on things that they hadn't heard before. They get reminders of things that they needed reminding of. So if you do miss take the reins along this this path that I'm going down for the next few months, then I encourage you to do that. Or you can go over to the Canada Horse Podcast and hear what Nadine and I have on the go over there if you haven't done so already. We are focusing this season for Canada Horse Podcast on interviews where Take the Reins I kind of switched away from All of the interviews and became more individual, Nadine and I shifted and went towards more interviews. So that's the direction we're going there. I really enjoy doing that podcast with Nadine. We balance each other out very well, and I'm really enjoying the topics that we're discussing there. And we'll be diving deeper into the symposium when we get back because we're going together and we're taking along some great friends with us that uh won some tickets from us as well as friends that we know who didn't win tickets but were already going. Uh so it's going to be a really exciting time and I can't wait to share with you what I learn. But if you're looking to see when the next episode comes out, I'll promise you I will put it on Instagram. Anytime there's a new episode of Take the Reins, I appreciate you. I love you. I'm so happy that you've been with me for this ride so far, and it's far from over. And I just, I can't wait to come back to you with even more knowledge and more passion. And I will speak to you next time on the Take the Reins podcast. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with me. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please leave a review and share it with your friends. To learn more about me and what else I have on the go, skip on over to nikkiporter.ca. Thanks again for listening, and we'll connect again next week. Until then, remember, you have the power to take the reins and live the life you've always wanted. You just have to step into the arena with an open heart and an open mind.